Good morning, everyone. Can, can everyone hear me? That's a shame. But um, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you that we're able to come together this uh, morning and just uh, think on you. Think about uh, your goodness and your kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So, Father in heaven, just be with me as I uh, share from your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm just going to read a, from Psalm 119. It's not up on the PowerPoint, this, but I'll just, um, I'm going to read it. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. Okay, I'll just read that again, uh, verse 59. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimony. So just keep that in mind, and I'm going to, I'll just um, relay it at the end of the message. Okay, see how this goes. There! Now, I don't know how many of you have seen a kangaroo in your life. Um, that's one right there, the one on the right, which is a kangaroo. So when I worked at a park in, in the city of Edmonton, this is about 30 years ago, they had, they have sort of, it's called, an, uh, it's called K-Days. It's like an exhibition, um, a big fair, you know, where you can get deep fried anything and everything. Uh, and what they had was uh, a kangaroo like this. This one's standing up a little bit higher because he's up on his, uh, you know, toes there. And it was a boxing kangaroo. Supposedly a man would do just like that there, and the, the, they'd box, not to, to injure each other, although it'll lean back on its tail and it will kick you. But it's all great fun out in the West to do stuff like that, I guess. So, this is a machine, it's called a Cushman. I used to drive it around, I'd maintain the park with it. And uh, it had a wonderful trait that I, I just truly loved and I was in no hurry to get it fixed. Um, when you started it up, it would backfire. It was a terrific, it sounded like a shotgun. It was great. And so I kind of looked forward to it every time I had to turn it off, and then, oh, i got to start it up again because you wanna, don't want to leave it idling. And also, I like the shotgun sound. So I was driving around one uh, day, and um, I came to this area. If you, I, wish I don't have a pointer, but on the left there, you see that little strip of grass there? And right where you see that green fence on this side, it was on the other side of that fence, there was no screen at that time. Um, and so I was parked up there, probably just cleaning up some paper or gravel in the parking lot or whatnot. And this man comes around the corner, much like a, a, a little building like that there, and he's in between that fence and that um, tree. Just He was just taking the, the kangaroo around for a little walk, I guess. So, um, that was quite interesting to see. I'd never been that close to a kangaroo in my life. One that it was big, so um, I thought, I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, I have to start. I just have to start the vehicle. I mean, whether I wanted to make it that sound or not. So of course, I was looking over as I turned the key, and that wonderful Cushman didn't disappoint me. It made that terrific shotgun sound. Well, that kangaroo went berserk. He had it on a leash. It was the power in the legs of that thing. It, I couldn't believe it. it was just, and he's hanging on to it like this. And then finally he goes, ooh, he calms it down. He was the handler, obviously, and he calmed it down, and, and it was okay. You know, he was startled, but um, I thought, wow, that's, uh, that is amazing. You know, I wasn't a Christian at the time, and 
And that plays very importantly into the next part of the message I have. Um, so th that to me was just amazing to see a creature like that so close. And it makes you think now, as I am a Christian, I look at it much differently now. It's funny how God will use things in your past and you bring them to remembrance, or he brings them to remembrance, and how that can fit in with, because of the fact I love to share the gospel with, with, with everyone, as we all want to see people come to know the Lord, because he is so worthy, he is so good, and that's why we come here today to sing and praise his names, of course, and to adore him. All right, eyewitness testimony. This was a different day, this was in 1987. It was very humid that day. And I thought, hmm, a very humid kind of day and, uh, you know, muggy. Um, and it did get hot, not superly overly hot, but it was like, it's very unusual to have humidity like that, I thought. Um, it's very humid here, as you know, here in, in, in the Maritimes, but uh, this was unusual there. It's usually quite a dry heat. Um, so the day had been fairly, you know, nice sky-wise, and then I noticed near the end of my shift, these clouds kept coming in, and they were black like this. This is not an actual shot of that day, but they were very black. I thought, how unusual is that? Like, it's just, give it a shrug, didn't think much about it. And so, near the end of the shift, as we were getting ready to go home, I hadn't made it out to my vehicle yet, none of us had, it started raining, and it rained hard, so we we're all gonna just hang back until it passed over. Well, then it started to hail. And so, about this size, I don't know if you guys can see this, the size of a marble, I thought, wow, that's pretty big hail. I, I don't know if I'd ever seen hail quite that much that size for very long. So we're waiting. And then, it got to about this size. I thought, wow, that's big hail. That's coming down, and it's coming down hard. And it's accumulating everywhere and it's dropping you can see it hit the grass and it's jumping up once it hits the ground and bounces up a bit I thought that's weird then they got to about this size about the size of a golf ball I thought wow I just you didn't have cell phones back then to see it because I would have loved to have recorded that and shown you that actual footage a little while longer they're coming they're coming they're coming you know so they're dropping all different sizes, and then these ones are dropping down here and there, and, and it's like, I didn't know what was going on. No one knew what was going on. And so, yeah, that's how big they were. And you know how I know that? Because as I was driving around, I finally got into a city truck because I was going to go and look around to see if anybody got bonked on the head with one of these or something. And there were people, as I was driving through the trees in an area, that they were falling shelter under some awnings or eaves of, 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 of some of the buildings that we had, the washroom building and whatever there was out there at the time. Um, some little cabins and whatever because it was a, a park. And um, I foolishly parked my car, didn't want it to get hit by the, uh, my truck didn't want it to get hit by the, these things because it would bust the wind, uh, for sure it would. And many people did have their cars destroyed through that whole thing. So here's what I did. I parked the car, or the truck to keep it safe in the trees open the door of that truck and as they're dropping one here one here plus the little ones and the big ones it was like I don't know if you ever watched bingo you see all the balls going around like that it was like it was like that so I ran out and I grabbed one of these that's how I know how big it was because it fit in the palm of my hand and then you know what I did I took it inside I'm looking at this thing 
And it was almost like a bunch of these, but they were fused together. So it was really quite heavy. It was like a block of ice, it really, or, or a ball of ice. And so I took it, and where the speedometer is, it's got a, you know, the size of this little hole where you look at the speedometer, and I held it up to that. And that's how I kind of knew whenever I drove that truck, just so I could remember. I did put it in the freezer for a while, but after a while, they start to shrink, and you, know, you can only keep it for so long. Um, but I remembered that. I never forgot that. But what I didn't know that it was that a massive tornado, this was in July of 1987, had swept through East Edmonton, and 26 people lost their lives. Very, very terrible, tragic damage, the whole thing, but of course the saddest, most tragic thing is that people, people lost their lives, of course. Now I didn't know what had happened, and I want to relay this to what happened on, on Calvary when Jesus Christ was on that cross in a moment. But I know that I wasn't prepared. Had I entered eternity, now knowing what I know, I was not prepared. I was not prepared to stand before God. I didn't really think much about God in the sense that, not that I thought good or bad about God, just God was who God was. And I didn't know who God was. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed for men once to die, and after this the judgment. But after this the judgment. I did not know that God's holy standard that he'd be judging me by the moral law of the Ten Commandments was going to be the standard that God was going to manifest my secret sins. Everything that I had thought, said, and done was going to come out on that day. And maybe you don't know that either. Maybe you're trying to figure out who God is. Maybe you have an idea of who God is. Well, have you always put God first in your life? The first commandment says you shall have no other gods before me. I'm talking to people on the street. It's probably one of the ones I leave a little later because I go through some of the other ones that are a little more, more easy for people to, to grasp the understanding of, and I'll get to some of those in a minute. But when they say that they've done these things, I ask, have you always put God first in your life? Has he always been number one in every, everything you've ever thought, said, and done? And of course the answer is no, because none of us have done that except Jesus, of course. He's the only one that loved him, God the Father, perfectly. Have you made yourself an image of God that you're comfortable with? Maybe one that doesn't mind sin or doesn't care about sin or there is no judgment day or there isn't a place called hell. Most people don't realize that what we think about matters very much to God. If you've ever used, misused God's name or abused the name of Jesus Christ, many people on the street that I've talked to, and not even on the street, wherever I'm talking with somebody, uh, sharing, sharing just what they thought, their idea of what happens after they die. And I take them through the law because the law is a schoolmaster. It's the tutor to bring them to Christ. That is what God has given us in his word to show us that the moral law, the Ten Commandments, that we're all guilty. And it's nothing new. We're all guilty. We've all sinned in God's sight. But we maybe not understand the degree or the, um, the degree of God's holiness. You know, he looks at the intentions of the heart and he knows the secrets of the heart. What about neglecting the things of God? Bible reading. Someone that isn't a believer. But you know what's, here, I have a comforting thought for you. The desire to know God comes from God. 
God is drawing people to himself. Sometimes he uses adversity in our lives. Sometimes he uses pain, which is adversity, suffering, tragedies, heartbreak. All these things, God uses those things in hopes that people will think about it. Remember that psalm I talked about there? I thought about my ways. Years later, I thought about my ways too. This was back in 87. I came to know the Lord when I, in 1994. This was seven years before that. I think of God's patience with me. Uh, and think about it. If you're here, and maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you don't want know what it is to be born again. God is being so patient. And for us that do know what it is to be born again, it's a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. There's nothing like knowing your sins are forgiven, knowing that you're headed for heaven, that God is now your father. He's not going to be your judge on the day of judgment because you know what? That day is going to be worse, far worse than any other storm or hailstone. Ever hated someone? That's murder in God's eyes. The Bible says specifically, if you hate your brother without cause. I saw someone yesterday not driving quite to the liking of someone else. That person got around that person, opened their window, said, uh, I'm sure it wasn't very kind because there was a finger that went with it. So it was really quite crude. But you know, this person, not going fast enough for that person, it wasn't like this person was trying specifically to keep that person from passing, but there, without cause, just because that person wasn't going as fast as that person thought they were going. You know, so it's very easy to hate someone in your heart. And that's where it all begins, right? It all begins in the heart. Ever looked with lust? That is adultery of the heart. Many people on the street are stunned. They think, well, who can do that? Well, who can't do that? You know, as it begins in the heart. And then Jesus said those, those words in, in Matthew where he said, you've heard it said, to those of old you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, he who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And that's a, a real deer-in-a-headlight sort of question for a lot of people because that is uh, something that a lot of people struggle with, lust. And it doesn't have to be, it's lust, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, which I'll get to that in a minute. Um, stolen anything, taking something that was not yours. Many times I'll ask people on the street, they say, oh no, never done that, never done that. Um, and they say, have you ever downloaded music illegally or cheated on a test, cheated on your taxes? And they think, well, you know, it's just a little thing. It's like those hailstones. It's just a little thing. But it can do great damage, and it does do damage to us. Lied, false witness. Can you imagine Jesus Christ walking his entire time here on earth, never sinning once, never lying once, never lust in his heart, because he's perfect, he's God in the flesh. And what's wonderful, when I look at the moral law, I get really excited because I now understand what its purpose was. It's not some way for us to learn how to be good enough. It's to show us that we're not good enough and that we need his goodness, his righteousness. And I'll be getting to the gospel in a moment. So, covetousness, that's very closely tied to idolatry, right? Because a lot of the things that we desire jealously, they almost become, whether it's rich, whether it's money, or whether it's a hobby, or whether it's a job, 
anything takes the place of God in our hearts. And so, just like that kangaroo, the law should startle you. It's startling to be faced with that. But you know, and I'll get to the gospel in a minute because I love to get to the gospel when I'm on the street talking to people. Man, I want them to be concerned about their soul. I want them to be thinking about eternity. I want to give them the good news. And I had a, the joy of, of the previous week here uh, to, to share with at least three people the entire gospel. Or when I say the entire gospel, but law and the gospel. Because once they have the knowledge of sin, once they see that they're guilty in the sight of God and there's nothing they can do to cleanse themselves, that's when the gospel makes sense. And I love that moment where it clicks and they get that and they understand that. You know, that comes from God too. I think, um, Daniel, you, you, you shared this morning about for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God lest anyone should boast. And how true it is. God is showing a kindness to each and every one of us here and that we can even apprehend with our minds um, his goodness to a degree. And one day we're going to be in heaven with him and we'll see him. We'll be eyewitnesses to those things. But we're eyewitnesses to the gospel in people's lives. A person who's had their hearts changed, who's been given an everlasting life, has that witness within them, but we can all say, if you've had your sins forgiven, you know your sins are forgiven. I know my sins are forgiven. I'm not the same. Something's happened. Something's changed. Now, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When I look at a dark sky, now that I'm a Christian, I think when I look back now, and I remember how dark that sky was on that one day, how much darker and blacker was that when Jesus Christ was on that cross and the sins of humanity were laid upon Jesus Christ. See how God uses things in our past? They're wonderful things. I don't know if you guys, I'm just, have you ever been driving down the, well, hopefully with a car or a vehicle, driving down the street and you see another vehicle and you go, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so's vehicle. And a Christian, when I was fairly new, another, a brother in the Lord said to me, you know what, when I see something that reminds me of somebody else, that's a good occasion to pray for them. I thought, that is so good, you know? If you know that so-and-so drives this kind of a car, like a, I know Sam's not here, but he's got that Prius, right, that yellow Prius, that makes me think of Sam, and you know, it makes me think, you know what, I can offer a prayer to, God, to him right now, for, to, to God for Sam and Gabrielle and their family. Now, of course, when we look at our children around us, like I know when I look at your children, um, Megan uh, and Catherine, I, I think of you guys. I know that you've got your own thing, your own business going, and, and we're all getting along in this world and doing things. Myrna, I think, when I, when I think of you, I also think of your, of, of David. So, and we, those are wonderful things that God uses to help our minds to just, that's just a little something that I use, and I think it was a good thing to share. I hope you, you know, when you're out and about doing something, if something reminds you about certain things, like if you're looking at your power bill, I can think of Chelsea. <laughs> hmm. So we have all these wonderful little things that when our minds are stayed on him, 
We can use it for his glory. You know, Jesus said we're to love our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and I, that's a tiny little bit. Jesus did it perfectly, perfectly, but you know, that's a little bit like that. It must be, because our minds, when, when, when we think of those things and we direct those thoughts and our, 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 our feelings to, to God, our Father in heaven, it just, it just so establishes that, that and confirms that wonderful relationship that we have. And we have it all through Jesus Christ, not, not of any of our doing. So that's such a, an encouragement to me. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. You know, we have the eyewitness account in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, never mind all the other prophets, never mind all, all the other people. Enoch walked with God, all these people, eyewitness accounts. Now, how many of you believe that this actually happened? That this, I was there. I saw it, I felt it, I touched it. And um, I have no reason to lie to you, of course. And these apostles have no reason to lie. They saw it. But if anyone here has had their heart changed, if God has granted you everlasting life, if you've repented of your sin and trusted in Christ, you know him. You don't know about him, you know him. And what a joy when you know him. You know you're headed for heaven. It's good news. And great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent, men blaspheming God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. This is when the bowls of judgment were being poured out on humanity at that time. This is what a talent looks like weight-wise. It's about 100 pounds. This is on the light side, actually. It's actually a bit bigger than that. A cubic foot of water is 62 pounds, so using the three-and-a-half-pound brain that God gave me, I googled it. And uh, it comes out to, yeah, this is about it, 18-inch diameter. I can't imagine the carnage from something like that. And yet people were blaspheming God's name because the hail was so great. And it's a shame when people that don't know the Lord, rather than see that God is using things in their life to draw them to him, to bring them into that relationship for, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God went to such great lengths you know, for something like this to come out of the sky, it's got to go up and down in the clouds many times to accumulate that weight. And finally, I know a little bit about climate. It finally comes down because it's too heavy to stay suspended. suspended. And if God were to use, and he can just make them fall without any other natural means, but if he does use wind currents and all that, the wind would be ferocious as well and the damage from that. Worse than anything I've ever seen, Anything, no one has ever seen things like that, but we know in the Bible because it's an eyewitness account. John saw these things. He saw things. It was translated to heaven. He's an eyewitness. He's reliable. And people can say all they want. You know, I heard a wonderful um, little bite here. It says, um, truth does not depend on the amount of people who believe it. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter if the whole world says, no, no, that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. 
and us as believers, you know, we have a, a duty and, a, and of course, a, the privilege of sharing with people the truth and then telling them about the truth. So the gospel is more powerful than any storm. I always think of that kangaroo, the way that that man calmed down that creature that was startled. And if you're here today, I hope you're startled if you don't know the Lord and you're startled into thinking that you've got an eternal soul. One day you're going to stand before God, you'll give an account of your life, and if you've not had your sins forgiven, you'll be held accountable for the lies, stealing, using God's name in vain, all these things. And it'll be a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But it is a joyous thing. The gospel is more powerful than anything else in the universe. And it cost God more than any of us could ever repay him. And of course, it's a gift, so we don't have to repay him. But out of gratitude, we come and we worship him. Our hearts are filled with joy. We have a hope for heaven awaiting us. But we're here for a time, and we should be telling people the truth. And I know that many of you have handed out tracts, and that's a wonderful thing. I love to hear when people have handed out tracts, because someone gave me a tract, as I've said before, 25 years ago, and I was born again. I was made a new creation in Christ. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. God alone has the power to make us new creations. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we have uh, ways in this world where we can not only remember those darkest days on Calvary when we look up at the sky and we can thank you, Lord, that uh, there's still time that we have many loved ones, Father in heaven, that may not know you, but we know it's coming. And Lord, I think about the uh, psalmist who wrote, I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Lord, that you would cause people to think about your ways and to turn towards you and put their trust in Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.